You are listening to the Courtship Code Podcast, where we use a combination of psychology, spirituality, and matchmaking industry techniques to help you elevate in your relationships from inside out. And I'm your host, Zara J, founder of BlackMuslimSingleSociety.com, The Match Society, and CaptivatingCourtship.com. So everyone, we have Latasha Kennett here, and she is going to be sharing with us so much information on just finances and budgeting and getting your money right and why it's important to do that, you know, while you're a single girl or engaged, or even if you're married, and how that impacts just your lifestyle, your mindset, and just all around. So thank you, Tasha, for coming. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no problem at all. So tell everyone just a little bit about your background, your story, and also where you're located right now. All right. So hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Tasha, and I am the CEO of Goddess Day. Um, and I'm based out in Atlanta right now. I'm originally from Chicago, and I've lived in so many different places in the Midwest. And now I'm just enjoying what it's like not having to live in a place that gets super cold in the wintertime. It's like <laughs> the best part of living in Atlanta. I love Chicago, though. Chicago is like my favorite city in the country. I think it's amazing. The food is good. The culture it is. It's so amazing. But okay, so you're in Atlanta now. So tell me a little bit about how that transition was for you. Well, the transition was really easy for me. I remember being at home. This was about five years ago, and I was um, I was living back at home with my mom. And I remember it was what they called, I think it was called the polar vortex. And it was so freaking cold. <laughs> and I remember like get, sitting up in my bed thinking, I don't have to live like this. I don't have to live my life in a place that has something called a polar vortex. Like that doesn't even sound like something I'm remotely interested in. And then two weeks later, I was in Atlanta living with a friend. And then a couple months later, I got my own place. Um, and it's, it was a wrap. It's been a wrap ever since. I love the sunshine that I get in Atlanta. Um, and I love, I just really enjoy being here. You know what, I think around that same time must have been when we first initially crossed paths, because it was probably about some years ago, some, I don't even know how we connected, but somehow we connected. It probably was around that time, because I remember, weren't you in Atlanta for some point? Yeah, I was in Atlanta, and I was also in Philly, probably yeah. around that time. Yeah, so yeah, it was probably around that time when you first moved to Atlanta. Okay, okay. And so how long ago did you start really getting into like your financial and building your financial business? Um, well, I started my career working for a fortune 50 company, managing hundred million dollar budgets for some of the biggest brands in the world. And, um, that was such an incredible learning experience, but I started to feel like I was giving away the best parts of my day and the best years of my life to a company that I wasn't super passionate about. And so I left my job in corporate America, um, which was probably one of the best decisions that I've ever made. Um, and when I left corporate America, that's when I went into business for myself. And while I was in corporate America, one of the things that I noticed was that um, 
uh, people who were first generation college and first generation corporate were making more money than they had ever made in their lives, but they were still living paycheck to paycheck and their net worth wasn't growing. They didn't have any idea or concept of what that meant. And so I wanted to do something about that. And that's how I started my business. That was about uh, seven years ago. Um, And I have been working for myself ever since then, just really focused on a singular mission of helping people take control of their finances. You know, what you just said is so true. And it goes back to everything that I have been teaching with matchmaking is the impact of our childhood and our beliefs and our mindset and how it ends up showing up in our actions. And what you just shared was you have these first generation college graduates, which, you know, realistically, most of us are. And now they're making more money than their parents probably made for for many and they have no idea how to budget and so for a lot of people that either poverty mindset or the beliefs that they've developed around money or just not having an understanding of how to maneuver it save it invest it any of that it shows up and manifests in their actions and it's the same thing with relationships the mindsets the beliefs that you developed around any type of relationship as a child impacts you as an adult without you even realizing it. And you might not even know that it's something to fix and something to change. And the thing is, is that people do realize it, but they don't know what's causing it. So you find yourself in these same cycles and you're like, why do I keep experiencing this? Why am I constantly dealing with this? Why do I keep choosing the wrong men? Why Why am I always late for rent? And I know it's due on the first of every month. Because there are some, you know, things in your past that are causing you to be stuck in these cycles. And if you don't deal with that, then you continue to be stuck. And that's how it manifests. Oh, Tasha, you're like preaching right now. So true. (laughs) It's so true. You like that. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's so true, man. It's so true. And like I said, that's why I've been really trying to work with people with coaching lately and matchmaking and especially the coaching aspect of it and the importance of it. Because a lot of people, like you said, they don't understand not only like they're kind of consciously aware that these issues exist but they don't understand that they actually have an option to change it and how to change it and that they might need help most people honestly are going to need help changing things so like they know that they know that because they've been trying different things they've been trying to figure this out for a long time and that nothing is changing so most people they know they need help in these areas so let me ask you, because I, I mentioned this to a friend of mine, Shannon Dowda, who also does financial coaching. I mentioned to him that in the last, I would say two years or so, maybe three, but really like the last two years, I've noticed a major shift in the culture with the acceptance of having to get right with finances. Have you noticed that from the time that you started your business seven years ago to like the last few years, just a shift of acceptance. Like I need to get educated. I might need a financial advisor or some type of financial coach. I might need some type of course or book, or I need to understand my finances better. You know what? I think that that um, change is right in line with the major emergence of coaching as an industry. So I remember when I first started my business, there were not, coaching was not such a prolific industry the way that it is now, where, you know, you can take your expertise and be a monetize it as a coach. People weren't really thinking about doing that. They were just really working a regular job. And now, since the coaching industry has really began to emerge full force, this idea of self-education 
is more important than it ever has been before. And not only with the emergence of coaches, but also the online education industry is booming as well. So people are like, I have options to educate myself. I should definitely educate myself. But what I noticed is that self-education is not the same thing as taking action and not even certainly not the same thing as taking transformative action you know so I see people who have this desire but they don't know how to take actions that are going to move them in the direction of what they really want you know that's so true and I find that to be you know even true with the match coaching or relationship coaching a lot of people it's like they know that they're making bad choices. They know that they keep doing the same thing. They know that they need to take more effort, but they have so many mental blocks around like, if, you know, having to either sign up for or, you know, pay for the information or pay for help or, you know, just being confident that this is a viable option, especially in, you know, the African-American community. I, I told a friend this some years ago because he has like a travel business and, I was trying to explain to him why it's so difficult for a lot of people to pay for services, especially in the black community, why they struggle so much with paying for services is because we haven't fully crossed over our deeply enrooted trauma and our deeply embedded messaging that we're no longer the help and that we can actually pay for help. Like whether it's a nanny, uh, a maid, you know, a coach, a physical trainer, whatever it is, a nutritionist, it doesn't matter what it is, but that you actually have the right to pay for the information, pay for the help, pay for the support, and you are no longer having to be the help and to be the support. And I think that's a mindset that a lot of us haven't fully crossed over and are still struggling to break. I think that's a really, a really cool way to put it. I never, I've never thought about it from that perspective. And one of the things I see so often when you mention the mindset, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> is that we have been taught to consume. Mm-hmm. You know, we know how to buy clothes and we know how to buy shoes and we're very comfortable doing that. And right. so we underestimate how hard it is to take an action that's outside of our comfort zone. And I tell people this all the time with investing. Investing is not hard. It's just that you are not familiar with it at all. If you're not familiar with something, then you're not going to have a natural comfort to go and try and do it. That's just not how things work. So when you develop a comfort with it, then all of a sudden doors open and now you have access that you didn't have before. So it's really the mindset that this is what you're used to and this is what you get to do. I'll teach you how to do this, but I'm not going to give you access to anything else. And that is definitely playing a role in, you know, us having the mentality that, you know, we are like, we, we only get to reach a certain status because that's what we know. Right. So, so tell the listeners, like, what are some of the main things that you help people with? Um, well, so I want to segue into the things that I help people with by sharing a little bit of why, I guess, like, yeah, give them your background, give them more of your background Yeah, because it is so relevant to why I do the things that I do today. So for those of you who don't know me, I grew up on the south side of Chicago in one of the most economically depressed counties, like one of the poorest counties in the United States, period, is at the bottom five. And I remember growing up thinking that, first of all, growing up in poverty wasn't that bad. I'm I'm not even going to front like 
I got to play outside every day. Right. And stuff, jump rope. Like, it wasn't like this. Oh, my gosh. I'm just so poor. Like, I'm You know what's so funny, Tasha? What's so funny? I was listening to, like, a, a Dave Chappelle stand-up he put out probably about a year or so ago. And uh-huh. he's like, when you grow up in Silver Springs, Maryland, you know, being poor hits you a lot harder than when you grow up in the projects. So, because everyone else- <laughs> around you is poor so you don't notice it but when you move out to the suburbs and you're poor it's like you looking around at your family like y'all messing up (laughs) I was living my best life in poverty that's no that's like for real but there were certain things that I saw on tv that I just didn't see in my life like in tv people were living in houses that you could go upstairs and stuff I was like where do they have these things and (laughs) we would go on vacations and do all these things that you know all I knew was my block all I knew was literally my neighborhood and my community and I would read all these books and watch all these things and my imagination was gone and I was like you know I wanted to be able to experience more when I went to the store my mom she would tell me don't touch nothing don't look at nothing because you can't get nothing like literally that that's not just a meme that's what she was saying and so I knew that I wanted to create something different for myself so by the time I was 10 I had created my first financial system and by the time I was 13 I had more money than anybody else in my household. Now, granted, I didn't have any bills, but I also didn't have a job. So they were just like, how do you have so much money? And um, I realized early on that being able to build wealth is not about how much money you make because my dad had a job. He had way more money than me and he had no money in the bank and he didn't even have a lot of bills. So I, I, I learned early on that, you know, building wealth isn't about how much money you make. It's about what do you do with the resources that you have. And so those were the things, the lessons um, that I learned. And when I told my, when my dad was asking me, like, how do I have so much money? One of the things he did was he sat me down and he said, are you accepting money from boys at school? (laughs) And he was dead serious because one of the things that my dad taught me was, to not accept things from boys when I was younger. And he was really trying to teach me like to come into myself before discovering male attention, right? Mm -hmm. So those are just some of the conversations and the stories that shaped my perspective about money and why it became something that I was so passionate about. Now, why do you think that at such a young age, like what triggered within you do not accept certain things as the norm. Like, what, why do you think that you were able to kind of start looking at things differently and start focusing on finances versus the family that you came from or the environment that you were in? Yeah, my family still to this day, they do not be trying to hear me. I be feeling like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's like a Jesus and Nazareth story, like where you're right. from, those people don't want to hear anything you have right. to say in your immediate uh, community. Mm-hmm. But I think what it was for me, to be honest, and I tell people this all the time, I have such a love, like a natural love of learning and a natural love of books. And when you are reading, it really does expand your access because I got to see yeah. worlds that were far beyond the block that I lived on. I got to experience thoughts and ideas that were different from anything that my parents or my family or my neighbors were telling me. You know, they probably, you know, they, there was this microcosm that I lived in, but there was a whole different world available inside of the book that I was reading. That's so good. And it's so true. Um, 
I'm I'm a big reader. I love books. I love learning. I'm a big podcast listener. I'm just always learning all throughout yeah. the day. So it definitely helps to expand your mind and your knowledge. So okay, so started developing the system as a kid. You're now a young teenager, young lady, and you're balling compared to your parents. And <laughs> so what happened? So you go off to college and did you major in finance? Not at all. Like okay. I majored in psychology and education, which turned okay. out to be perfectly aligned with the work that I do today. Like I'm teaching people about their finances and um, I'm understanding the psychology of how people behave with money. And mm-hmm. you realize that when it comes to finances, it has nothing to do with the finances because like, Money management is the most basic arithmetic ever. It's literally addition and subtraction for the most part. Like one plus one is two, two minus one is one. So people are not, you know, messing up their finances because they're bad at math. They're right. messing up their finances because they have a bad relationship with money. They have, uh, they haven't developed a strong money mindset. Like mm-hmm. it's the psychology of money yeah. that gets people tripped up. And so when it comes to, you know, the work that I do today, you know, you would, I have spent so much time understanding the psychology of money that I know the way the human brain works, it's not wired for you to become a money master. And so just like, you know, people struggle with dieting and that's something that they could struggle with for the rest of their life, no matter how hard they try. So it's like, you know, I could help people. I remember when I used to help people create financial systems and I would give them this plan and I would say, all right, go do this plan, then come back. And then they would come back and like, all right, great. How much have you accomplished from your plan? They're like, oh, I didn't have a chance to do it. So I realized, I'm like, if I, if I am relying on people to do this themselves, it's not going to get done. So what I do is I help people create financial systems that work in the background so that they don't have to do anything. We just, you know, do the work together, create something, put it on autopilot, and then they're good to go. Tasha, you're like in the same exact space as me, right? Because first of all, I just literally about an hour ago, <laughs> if that long, use the fitness and the dieting um, analogy with someone because I even related that to like the coaching and relationship coaching because, you know, some people, some people are just naturally really self-disciplined and they can create a diet, stick to a diet, go to the gym and they can do that on their own. But other people they really, really struggle. I mean, even myself, right? That's something I'll go back and forth, flip and flop on that, right? But it can be really hard mm-hmm. to stick to like a healthy diet, go to the gym. And I know like, girl, you need to just get a personal trainer. You need a nutritionist. Right. You need a plan and you need a coach and you need someone that's going to hold your hand and walk you because you're not there yet. You might get there one day, but you're not there yet. They probably and- won't. Let's just, no. Most people just not gonna get there, and they're just gonna want to get there, and, how, and they don't want to admit it to themselves. Like, and I'm raising my hand there too, because discipline <laughs> is just not my thing. I hate having to be disciplined. It feels like bondage or something. But you're gonna be really, but you're really disciplined <clears throat> with money, right? And you're disciplined with your business, and you're disciplined with things that it works for you. But there's other areas that you're just naturally weaker in, and even how you said you just kind of swayed and pivoted in business where you realize like you need more than just the information I need to sit down with you that's the same place that I got to and why I started pivoting away from just solely matchmaking and towards relationship coaching and specifically courtship coaching is because I realized that for most people 
if I just sit you down in front of a match or you send me your profile and I just introduce some, you to someone, you're going to do the same exact things that you were doing before that introduced me to you in the first place. <laughs> so yeah. you haven't changed your mindset, you haven't changed your actions, and you don't understand the psychology of your behaviors and why you're doing the things or not doing the things that you should be doing when it comes to meeting the opposite sex. So the importance of coaching and me realizing like, okay, I need to focus more on helping you understand your actions, un helping you to get clear on what to do differently and changing your whole mindset around this, and then show you how to strategically go about it on your own. And you're going to have more success that way than yeah. if I just sit you in front of somebody and just like, okay, now you're going to do the same exact things that you've been doing. Nothing has changed. It's just a different person. So Absolutely. you actually need someone to guide you through that process. If you've been listening to the Courtship Code podcast, opening emails, and following content online, then I know that you're the type of person who values quality relationships and is ready to break up with your bad relationship habits. I want you to go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute consultation where we're going to discuss your current bad relationship habits and how working together in our signature Wounds to Worth six-week program is going to help you to heal your emotional wounds, increase attraction, and position yourself with a real strategy on how to start meeting quality partners and attracting quality relationships. So go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute discovery call and let's start captivating courtship. So, so we kind of touched on this before the podcast started, but tell me some of the differences and what you notice with those who are single or unmarried, those who are engaged, those who are married and how their finances affects them or how the choices that they didn't learn how to make while being unmarried and how yeah. that impacts people in their relationships. Okay. So honestly, this is something that I'm just now thinking about since you asked me the question today. I haven't put a lot of thought in the differences um, that I see when women are single versus when they're engaged versus when they're married. So with that being said, I will tell you some of the things that are coming to mind for me right now. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna die on this hill. I'm not sticking, you know, I'm not gonna like, these are just, right. Uh, yeah. These are observations, take them with a grain of salt. So one of the things I see that women who are not married, they have so much more leeway to get mm -hmm. their stuff together. Mm -hmm. So they're not asking anybody for permission. Mm. They're not trying to figure out what to do with this income and that income. They have a lot of autonomy when it comes to how they move and therefore they can move more intentionally and they can move more quickly. Okay. I also see like there is a self-awareness to them wanting to be, wanting to have their finances together. Like there is this drive and ambition that is just about them right. and their lives and what they want to accomplish for themselves. That is just absolutely inspiring. And now that you mention it, I do not see that same type of sparkle with 
my women who are engaged or married. Now I'm gonna tell you that my women who work with me who are engaged and married, they are usually the primary breadwinner in their relationship. Mm. And you gotta think about the type of woman that's gonna seek out this type of help. Like she a bad mama jamma. Everybody not signing up for my program. So it's going to be, you know, the best of the best. And she's usually the breadwinner in her household. And as she's making these decisions, she doesn't always include her significant other's income. And they don't even have a plan for how they plan to manage that income. Mm. And the significant other is usually not as intentional about how to move forward. Uh, as she is it's not they're not on the same page that's so interesting and so let's just talk about like the ones that are married or engaged and the woman you know especially if she's a breadwinner in a relationship and she's so focused on finances have you ever run into situations where you're working with someone who's already in a relationship or they're about to get married or you know whatever their relationship is for them and now that they're starting to get focused on finance and starting to get their finances together, how does that impact the relationship? Unfortunately, not enough. Cause I'd be looking like, aren't wow. you, aren't you ready to run? Like I'm looking at your finances. <laughs> you contribute 90% to the relationship when it comes to money. Wow. And he isn't even going to contribute 90% in effort. Like maybe you don't have the money, but can you at least put some effort into it? Wow. Can you at least show up? And so in my mind, I'd be like, I don't know about this, but you know, I haven't, I haven't figured out the best way to navigate those conversations. So Mm -hmm. I, I never, I just leave that alone. And I just focus on the information that's in front of me and say, all right, how much, how much is your um, fiance or your husband? um, How much can I expect them to be contributing to the household? Um, And so that's so crazy and 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 honestly to your question the women don't seem phased by it at all they don't seem phased by the fact that their partner isn't going to be contributing much that's so crazy and why do you do you have like any reasons or theories on why you think that is um love (laughs) (laughs) i do because when i'm asking these questions i'm listening right there is no resentment there there is no, which I, which is good. I wouldn't want there to be any resentment there. Right. But as I'm listening, there is no, he should be doing this or I need more. There's none of that. So the, what I think is that there's just pure unadulterated love there. Um, there is benefit of the doubt, right? Like, oh, he's going to get it together. And, and also I think it's women are used to carrying themselves for so long. Mm. They're used to carrying everything. So this is just one more thing to carry, but at least that thing is going to love them. (laughs) Girl. So how do you you start this conversation? Yeah, well, okay. So for the ones who aren't married, do you feel like they should be looking for partners or looking for someone who is on the same track as them financially and they can actually have these conversations with and how would you suggest for them to have these conversations because I've had people ask me that like you know how do you have the conversation about finances or credit or anything else um, and how judgmental should you be about that like what are your thoughts on that 
That's a great question. And sometimes I will write whole scripts for my ladies about how to have a conversation with their partner that's going to be productive um, and that is going to empower both parties. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that I look at it is I think that we want to look at, you know, when you are thinking about marrying somebody, I think of it as a union, right? Right. And it's going to go from being about what's best for me and what's best for him to what's best for us. And I think that you want to, you want to be thinking about what can both parties do that's going to be for the good of the team. You also, as a woman, want to avoid what I call poverty penis. Because that's one of the biggest things that's going to put you and your family in poverty for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And also him, because he's going to be paying child support he can't afford. He's going to be paying the minimum child support. And you're going to be trying to figure out how to support, you know, uh, how all that stuff. You get you get where I'm going. We see this play out every day. And even if you guys stay together, it's still going to be a fight. It's going to be a burden. Mm-hmm. So, and that creates resentment. It does, and that's why a lot of those relationships they don't work. So, the way that I usually think about it is, <clears throat> we men and women bring a lot to the table, and you want to be thinking about what do you want on your table. Society will try to tell you what you should be wanting as a woman that you should want this and you should want that. But I really think that we have to search for ourselves and mm-hmm. see what, what it is that we want. I definitely want a man that's a provider. Mm-hmm. I like provider energy, but, it, but I'm also very ambitious. Wait, can we pause that for a second? Yeah. Provider <laughs> energy. Okay. <laughs> that is new life. You are rocking with that going into 2020 that you know we we embrace provider energy i do natasha line okay give her her i empower it i empower it in my head yes look i'm and i think it's an honor and a privilege like i can provide for myself but i give i allow you to provide for me like in my brain it's literally like oh my gosh i just let you do this for me aren't you lucky um that's everybody everybody doesn't like that Right. right. My, I have a friend and I have a friend who she is a, a, a product engineer and she's the breadwinner in her family. And she loves being the breadwinner in her family. And she mm. loves that her husband is going to take on more household management and drive the direction that the family is going in while she's at work. She loves that. It gives her life, that she gets to be able to pursue her life ambition of working as a a product engineer. And her husband gets to focus on what he's good at. Like, he takes what she makes and focuses on how to improve the household. They both love it, and it works for them. And they're both adding something that is extremely valuable valuable to the family. I love that part. I love you making that point of the balance of it's everything's not for everyone. Some people... They like certain things better and it works for their family and for their sister. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like you said, we like provider energy. Right. So- we, like, I'm not, I'm very clear about what I like. And, and I make sure the men I know are clear about that as well. That's so this good. is the thing too, even with, even with provider energy, if I had, if I was, you know, let's say I'm making 
a million dollars a year and my significant other is making, you know, $200,000 a year. I'm okay with that. You know, I, I just have a minimum, like you probably, you don't have to be making millions and millions of dollars a year. You just really have to be making enough to provide a lifestyle that I enjoy. And I'm not, I'm not very materialistic. I don't need a big, you know, all these fancy things. I could live quite comfortably on the $200,000 alone. So I know myself and, um, and I think that's the most important thing. You know, I want to be around men who have the, you know, who want the the ambition, the energy, Exactly, it it is an energy. It's a, it's a desire and a drive to want to go out, get it, to want to step up, to be the head of the household. That's what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. It's not about the dollar. It's not about the dollar. Because if you have that drive and you have that ambition, you're going to keep moving towards that. But it's when you stand still and you're just comfortable standing still. It's insufferable. Right. I can't even imagine women who be with these men like that. I, like, I just can't even, I don't even want them in my space. Makes me <laughs> but I don't think that, I think like, I think that we don't do any, we don't do men any favors when we don't empower them yes. to bring value, whatever that may be, however that might look like. We want to be invo- empowering them to bring value and step into the greatness that they are. It's not a diss to them. It right. is an acknowledgement of who they are and who they can be. You, ha- you can do better we do better. We want you to do Do better. better. (laughs) (laughs) There was something that you said that I really wanted to touch on. Um, But I wanted to ask you, so when people are coming to you now and they are getting help with understanding their mindsets around money, have you seen like how, like how quickly are they able to transform that? Is this just like just an ongoing Mm -hmm. process? So I'm so glad that you asked that because the primary focus of my business is not to change their mindset. It's to produce a specific result. And I have that luxury, excuse me. I have that luxury because I'm dealing with people's money. And so it can, you know, I can make that be a very black and white thing. Measurable. Yeah. Yeah. It's very measurable. And I tell people before they even start working with me, I tell them exactly, this is how much money I can help you have in the bank in 12 months. Do you want that or not? And if they say yes, I'm like, all right, great. Then this is what we need to do. And I don't require that they be more disciplined. I do not require that they, you know, you know, I don't require that they all of a sudden change their habits and behaviors. What I do require is that they have an allowance, like they get a monthly allowance and that's it. You got that monthly allowance from your uh, uh, bank account and that's what you have to work with for the month. The rest I work with, like the rest is for me to create. And then um, we put together a system and a process that will work regardless of what they're doing. And now the tell, them, I, tell the listeners what those requirements are before they work with you. Because I know you said like you have to make at least 35000 so you're not asking for someone to have a big budget or anything. No. So actually, it's so much easier to work with my clients who um, are not at six figures because they already know that they got to get it together. My clients right. who hit six figures, they think they balling out of control. Can't nobody <laughs> tell them nothing. They have this lifestyle. They don't want to scale back. But I love working with clients who are like in that middle period. So in order to start working with me, you got to ha- be making 35000 I tell people, look, I'm not a magician, okay? I can do a lot, but I'm not a magician. I can't make money develop out of thin air. 
So if you have 35,000, there is a very good chance that I can help you increase your net worth by a minimum of $5,000 a year. The now, other are you only thing, working with women or men nope. and women? So okay. I say it's like, you know, in the Bible, people, uh, Jesus say to the Jews first and then to the Gentile. Um, so I say <laughs> to women first and then to everybody else. It's like, I really do have a heart for everybody. I think that financial freedom is something that is beneficial to everyone. But I'm a woman. I'm a black woman. Of course, I'm censoring my community because that's right. the lens through which I be. So <laughs> that's just what it is. But I really do serve everybody. Now, you know, I was going to ask you when we were talking about mindset, I was going to ask you, have you ever heard of the book, You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Shinsiro? Yep, I have. I love that book. What do you love about it? I haven't read it, but I've heard really (laughs) good things about it. Okay, I love that book. I just right up my alley, like, You Are a Badass at Making Money. Yeah, no, it's a great book. And she has another book, like, You Are a Badass or something else. I don't remember what it was, but it's a different cover. But um, I just recommended this book to someone so that they could, because it does talk about mindset. And it's a little bit of the law of attraction type of stuff, but she really focuses on, I love law of attraction. I'm a huge law of attraction fan okay so we're gonna have to talk about that more like offline another time because i'm a huge love of law of attraction person too but i have like a different type of perspective on the law of attraction so we're gonna have to get into that but (laughs) but the book is really good because it does incorporate like a a lot of law of attraction but she talks about the mindsets and the beliefs and she goes into her childhood and she talks about like where some of these beliefs came from that she has around money and how to kind of purge those beliefs, how to get into that mindset. And she talks about how she had to realize that like a lot of the things that she, like she, you get in your own way. Like you have these like limitations around money. You have these limitations around what you can have. And so you play within those limitations and you have to start, you know, positioning yourself and thinking differently so that you can have that and honestly that's kind of how I operate with coaching as well with the match coaching because it's like so many people have so many blocks and limitations on what they can actually attract or what type of relationship they can have or what they're deserving of and they don't even realize that these things are there and I'm pretty sure you're encountering that when it comes to finances and money that people have these blocks almost of like they don't even feel fully deserving of that $5,000 at the end of the year or mm-hmm. having being on, you know, a budget that actually is going to be able to produce results. If I can be completely honest with you, I know some people try to project the image of like perfection in the area of their industry, but I'm not yeah. one of those people. And to be completely honest, I have those same blocks. I have right. those same limiting beliefs when it comes to my worthiness around money and when you grow up in poverty for decades you don't Mm -hmm. just undo your mindset in a conversation you don't just you know snap your fingers and just because you know better all of a sudden the belief system that permeates your whole body is now different right it doesn't work like that and the other day I was talking to my boyfriend the other day he was laughing at me because I was literally crying about not being successful and stuff. He's like, you just had the best quarter of the year. You have more money in the bank than you've had all year. Why are you crying? I'm like, oh yeah, I do. And sometimes like I will literally have a conversation like, should I go spend money on this? 
and I forget that I actually have money. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I'm still in the mindset of I don't have anything to spend. And I have to remind myself that, oh, I do. I do have money to spend right now. And I can so relate to my clients who have those conversations of, am I worthy? And the thing is, they don't normally look like am I worthy conversations. They really right. do show up disguised as mm-hmm. something else. So I am a huge proponent of doing the work to shift those mindsets. And it's all about what conversation are you constantly having with yourself? And it's knowing what work to do and understand it's an ongoing process. It doesn't just go away. Like if it took you 30, 40, 20, however many years to develop that mindset, it's probably going to take you just as long to get rid of it. So, you know, it's an ongoing thing that you have to constantly work on. So, so, okay, so tell us more about the results. Like, I know you might not want to go in totally into your whole entire system, but like, tell us, like, if someone's working with you and they're dedicated and you say that you can help them get this extra $5,000 by the end of 12 months, like, what are some of the steps that they have to take to, to do that? So one thing that you guys should know about me is that I'm a systems and processes person. So the system that I have developed that I use with my clients, it has been refined over the course of five years. So Mm -hmm. I am not new to this. I am true to this. And I say that because people are always blown away by the simplicity of the program. People Mm -hmm. expect because it produces big results that it's going to be like big and complicated, but it's not complicated at all. It is a very simple process and it should be because money is simple the math of money is simple it is basic arithmetic so when people come to me we pretty much go through three different steps the first step is clarity I tell people without clarity you cannot produce prosperity you can think about how simple something like clarity is but how much of a difference it could make in your life When you get clear about where your money is going, you start to see where your energy is going. Um, And then when we start to redirect that, right, if you see like you've been spending $500 a month dining out and we begin to restructure that, right, all of a sudden opportunities that weren't available before, they magically become available. And Mm. it's not magic at all, but that's what happens with intention. A lot of times I have clients, I tell them, like, you have $1,000 right now that you're wasting and you don't even know it. And they don't believe me. <clears throat> Excuse me. But by the end of the t- our conversation, they found over $1,000 that they can, you know, channel into something else. The second so, thing, go ahead. Um, the second thing that we do is create systems that channel your money to where you want it to go. So I don't really tell people what to do with their money. I give recommendations on what's where to best flow your resources. But I'm a big proponent of you make your money, you tell it what to do. So uh, we look at what are your what are your specific goals, what are your priorities, and then we make the money do exactly what you want it to do. And we create a system built around your goals and priorities. And then finally, we put that plan on autopilot. So uh, the crux of my system is simple. Every single dollar from every paycheck has a plan and it has a place. And this is the engine behind what produces results for my clients. So for example, I had a client last week, we promised her that she was going to increase her net worth by $10,000 over 12 months. 
she didn't hit 10,000. She hit 7,000. Um, but $7,000 is a lot more than the zero that she had previously. And she went on two shopping sprees that, you know, were not sanctioned under her wealth building <laughs> plan. So <laughs> that kind of got in the way. But I'm proud of that. To me, it's like, even when I don't hit my goal, I still change somebody's life. And that is just, it, it just, it's like, man, I can't, I can't lose out here. <laughs> and then I had a client who we, we promised him uh, $12,000 and he actually uh, increased his net worth by $19,000. And that's awesome. because he was so dedicated, just so dedicated to, you know, putting money in the bank. And not only that, but then we took $20,000 that we had, he had saved and invested it. So now he's going to be making an additional $2,000 a month. I mean, a year minimum, just from his investment. Just from so those are the types of, that's what I do. And those are the results that, I, that my clients see. And I'm very proud of that because when people come to me, I tell them like, this is what I'm promising you. And then we deliver. I love it. I love that. And I know that that's very transformational for the people that you're working with. So I want to ask, what is the difference or what is that conversation that you have to have or people have to have with themselves on those who are just like, okay, I can do this by, by myself. I can sit down create my budget. I can figure this out my, on my own. You know, I don't need to pay for any additional help. I don't need to sign up for any courses or classes or coaching. Like what is the difference? You know what? <laughs> it's the difference between people who are, in my opinion, people who are going to be successful and people who aren't. When I was younger, I took advantage of every single summer school opportunity, every single after school opportunity. And then people come to me like, oh, how are you successful? Like, because I wasn't twiddling my thumbs. Like I didn't become successful by accident. I took advantage of every opportunity that was available to me. I showed up to office hours while I was in college. You know, it's like, so what I'm trying to say is when you, there is a process to leveling up. It doesn't happen on accident. Yes, so, girl. Go there, say that again. Can you say that one more time, please? There is a process to leveling up and it doesn't happen by accident. So you got to be, you got to be willing to make the investment and putting in the work. And there are some people who are just willing to do that. And some people who aren't. And my job is not to try to make somebody who isn't willing to do that, willing to do that. Cause I'm not going to do it. I tell people, I'm not that person who is going to work harder for you than you're going to work for yourself. I'm not going to want it that more for you than you want it for yourself. I'm not that person. But I am the person that if you do want it, I will be in the trenches with you, making sure that whatever you want comes to fruition. And Tasha is snatching all y'all edges on this <laughs> podcast today. I, I, I'm honest. Like, I just, I'm not that one. I work too hard. I work too hard for myself. I, I know what it takes. And I'm like, I know that it's hard, but I'm yes. not going to, no, nobody was that person for me. And it just, it's like, it, it's a, it takes a, I tell people like, you got to be built different. That's what that term means to me. It's like, you got to be built a certain way. And I think that people go through stages. So just because you're not there right now, it doesn't mean that you won't get there. But I've, I've lived enough I'm 32 now. My birthday was uh, two days ago. So, you know, I'm wiser now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wiser now. I've lived long enough to know that you can't make somebody want something that they don't want. They, don't they want. have to come into the knowing for themselves. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, that was so good, Tasha. Okay. If you've been listening to the Courtship Code podcast, opening emails, and following content online, then I know that you're the type of person who values quality relationships and is ready to break up with your bad relationship habits. I want you to go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute consultation where we're going to discuss your current bad relationship habits and how working together in our signature Wounds to Worth six-week program is going to help you to heal your emotional wounds, increase attraction, and position yourself with a real strategy on how to start meeting quality partners and attracting quality relationships. So go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute discovery call and let's start captivating courtship. I love that. Well, I had such an amazing time. We gotta have you, I gotta have you back on here. You gotta come back. (laughs) Absolutely. I had a great time. So I'm gonna make sure that if you're listening to this podcast, um, we're gonna send out an email so you guys can definitely get in contact with Tasha. So go ahead really quickly, plug yourself in, let people know where they can find you, how they can contact you, how they can find more about your programs, just give them all the goods. All right, so I offer free financial consultations for women who wanna take their finances to the next level. We'll talk about where you are, where you wanna be and how I can help you bridge that gap. Um, you can find that on my website at goddessday.com. That's G-O-D-E-S-T-E, G-O-D-E-S-T-E dot com. You can also find me at Twitter where I'm talking crazy all day long. Um, <laughs> you can find me at Finance Sis, that's F-I-N-A-N-C-E-S-I-S. And what about on Instagram? They can find you on Instagram too. Yes, you guys can find me on Instagram at Your Finance so it's your finance sis s-i-s and then my name is latasha canard l-a-t-a-s-h-a-k-i-n-n-a-r-d just google me and you can find all that with me and we can be friends (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thank you so much for coming here i had so much fun and i want everyone who's listening to make sure that if you are either uh, a woman that you go find that provider energy or if you're a man you go step up into that provider energy because we are keeping that energy for 2020 i want everyone to be all in there providing energy and get their hey. finances right and and make sure that also that you uh squeeze in relationship coaching and courtship coaching into that budget when you go see tasha so <laughs> i love it <laughs> all right tasha thank you so 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 much and i'll talk to you guys soon all right thanks for having me bye